Yes, sir! Yes! We're here. You know what it is. This is your boy, Nels, a.k.a. Big Facts and Full Effects, and you are now tapped in and listening to Balls. Wow. A sports podcast. Yes, sir. We're here with the boy, Joe. What's good, man? Yeah, it's your boy Joe. You already know I don't really like intros, so let's just do what we do. Bow! I did the gun. <laughs> I did the gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, go ahead, plug plug it in, man. Let them, let them know what you do outside you of know, your 9 I to got, 5. I got me a little uh, podcast as well called Hoot Shoes and Blues on YouTube. You can find me J Space Stubbs, S-T-U-B-B-S. You know what I'm saying? I just be talking about hoops. Whatever sneakers I like at the time, it might not be sneakers that you like, but whatever. You know, if you don't like it, get your own podcast. (laughs) Um, And whatever's on my mind at the time, my mental health, how I'm doing, what I feel like, and and stuff of that nature. If you feel me, you know, just check one episode out. If you like it, ride with me. And if you don't, you know, I understand. We all got our own preferences. But yeah, J-Stubbs, Hoop Shoes and Blues, I'll be on every Wednesday. Yes, sir. What shoes you talking about this week? Um, this week I unboxed, I had just got the, uh, Yeezy 350 V2 Zebras. Mm. I personally feel like that's my favorite colorway. I just unboxed those and I talked a little bit about the next nature dunks that are supposed to be coming out on the 25th of April. I want to get a pair of zebras so bad. I think that might be my next purchase. I had them on a list in 2020, and I tried to get them back in 2020, and they were like $500 at that time. No. But now since they, re, they resold them, they went down. They mm. came down. When, Yeezy re, when Kanye resold them, they are like 230 and then on the resale market, they are like 280 So I caught them junks for 280 because I missed on the, on the retail. So that was a lot better than the 500 to me. I jumped on that junk. So I like that. I'm definitely going to look yeah. into that. I got to get me a pair of cut because them things look too good. Bro, them junks. Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, appreciate you for coming through on the show. Um, before we go through anything, shout out to the boy Buddha. Shout out to the boy Willie. Shout out to the boy Buddhas. Dylan. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, we got we got things to do. We got lives to lead. So, you know, they, they had to take a hiatus for this week. But we, we back at it next week. You know Blue saying? fire to my dolls. We just had Charter Day. You know what I'm saying? We really did. Shout out to the chat that that does it the best. Alphabet Iota, baby. Uh, April yeah, 20th, 1999. You know the vibes. <laughs> um, you know, of course, this is Balls, a podcast with Balls about Balls. So we might as well get straight into it. You know, with NBA playoffs, we finally got through two games in every series. Um, so we kind of got a good temperature of where we're at. So... I mean, tell me, tell me how you feeling, man. Tell me what you like series that you let's let's break it down this way. The series that you've liked watching the most, series that you've liked watching the least, the series that has impressed you that you didn't expect to be impressed, and the one that's underwhelmed you. The so most entertaining, series. the most entertaining series to me um, has to be Boston, Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. just seeing the way Boston controls Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant. I definitely, before the playoffs started, I was like, man, I expect Brooklyn to win this whole thing, but the way Boston is playing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is incredible. Like the way they're handling that situation and making them every time Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving touch the ball, they have to see more than one person when they try to drive. Like you're going to have to 
take the toughest shot of your life to the point where if you do get an open shot, you're going to be so shocked that you're probably going to miss that too. Like the way they're playing those two guys has been incredible. The most shocking series though has to be Dallas and who are they playing? Utah? Yeah. 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 Dallas, Utah. Dallas, Utah. Yeah. 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 Because Dallas is playing without Luka and they're still giving Utah work. Like the fact that, that, that first game, uh, Utah didn't even really win by that much. And then the second game, uh, Jalen Brunson just went off. Mm-hmm. The fact that Utah is playing, like, and, and the, I think the just the simple fact that Dallas doesn't have Luka, like Dallas is definitely a one superstar team, and yet they look like, okay, Luka not here, but we're going to take care of business regardless. That That series is shocking me the most. But th- this first round is is pretty interesting, though. I can't lie. I can't. It's better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. A lot of games, even Milwaukee losing to Chicago uh, in that second game, I thought Milwaukee was going to sweep Chicago. And Chicago snuck one out in that last game. DeMar DeRozan went out for 40-plus. I'm yes, not sure. 40, 41, I believe. 41. 41. Yeah, yeah. And that first game, he was folded. He was bricking. A whole bunch of almost everything. Yeah. I was seeing memes. People were like, they had a meme, Toronto fans saying, oh, Chicago, you're seeing DeMar DeRozan not play in the playoffs the way he did the regular season? Is it your first time? And they were just going in on DeRozan. And to see him actually go off in that second game and beat Milwaukee, when Milwaukee is a lot of people's favorite to win the championship, it's it's been pretty good, man. Pretty good. 2022 is looking like a great year for sports, man, because the NFL uh, playoffs was amazing. These NBA playoffs looking like they about to give us the same type of energy, dog. Facts. Um, let's see. So series that has entertained me the most. Uh, yeah, I probably have to agree with Boston and Brooklyn. Uh, what I think is happening right now is the worst possible scenario for Kyrie and KD <clears throat> is that these young players that are guarding them are no longer shook by who they are. Right. Um, Marcus Smart now is sticking Kyrie. Um, yeah. Jalen Brown is sticking Kyrie. And Tatum is all up uh, um, in KD's face. I told you this the other day, and I'm going to say it on the podcast. I really do think that KD's game is going to have to change a little bit. I think he's lost a little bit of explosiveness since the Achilles injury. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, I, I'm not taking away from Tatum. We know that the defense, the defensive side of the, of the ball, he's not trashing, but he's not this elite defender. And he's got like five, six blocks on KD. And I think what they've done with KD that's been interesting. The way they play defense on Kyrie versus KD is interesting because they're beating up KD. And they're jumping prior to the pull-up. And, you know, I don't know if Kate, I don't know if this is a situation where Katie can fix this with a pump fake and go. Because by the time he goes up for a shot, the second body is there already. So I feel mm-hmm. like a pump fake is just going to force to a pass. And another thing that I've realized, too, after talking to you and watching some more footage, I don't know if Kyrie and Katie rely on the rest of that team to carry the offensive load. Yeah. It seems like the only person that they're confident in passing out to is Brown. Yeah. Outside of that, they're not really, you know, doing much. Now, Ben Simmons coming back, they think that's going to be a, a major change. I don't think so. 
because I don't think so either. Brooklyn isn't short for guys who can get to the basket. They need guys that can shoot. And, you know, in mm-hmm. the same context, I think that Time Lord has an opportunity to come back this series too. So if he does come back this series, it makes Ben Simmons coming back completely null and void because now yeah. you're just adding another big. And what's crazy is, is Boston's bigs, and I think the two biggest factors right now is Boston's bigs, Dice and Horford, especially Horford, who's getting, who's averaging about four or five blocks. I mean, four or five. Horford um, is balling. Yeah, he's getting like two or three blocks, four or five offensive rebounds, and those offensive rebounds are turning into points. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are the big factors. I don't think Ben Simmons comes and helps that out too, too much, unless he's about to get physical and get in the paint, which I don't think. Or, yeah, is. play power <clears throat> forward. Right, and I don't know if Simmons has got the juice to take on Horford. All he hasn't played in so long. I think he definitely makes a change to the depth, but it's not a major change. It's, not it's a, major. a minor change. He he doesn't provide very enough minor. A, yeah, he doesn't enough uh, provide enough of a scoring punch to me for it to be a big deal. Now, what I will say is, Boston fans, this includes me, um, don't get too hyped now. Because the reason yeah. why we're winning these games is because KD and Kyrie haven't been hitting their shots. Mm-hmm. I will say we need to get these wins ASAP because I at don't the same see... time because the first game Kyrie yeah. was hitting. Kyrie like was Kyrie was hitting. You're right. You're right. That's true. In that first game, honestly, Brooklyn should have won if KD would have stuck to Jason Tatum at the end of the game. But that's facts. They're Boston is a little lucky. They they. They've definitely done their part in making it difficult for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but they're a little lucky that Kyrie and KD weren't clicking at the same time. We have yet to see them click at the same time. And I think what it is is, you know, Yudoka understanding that team a little bit better than most, it almost appears that the defensive strategy is y'all are not going to beat us. Right. If the rest of the team beats us, we're okay with that. But y'all too? Then it is what it is. Yeah, y'all too? Mm Mm-mm. We're not gonna let both of y'all go off for forty each. Like that's when that's not happening. When when Brooklyn was up the other day, it was because Drogic was hitting shots that he wasn't hitting in in game one. Exactly. Drogic had like sixteen points in the first in half. In the first half, but exactly. Then, yep. Then I'm gonna continue to give Drogic those those looks versus KD and Kyrie, and eventually mm-hmm. them shits not gonna drop no more. And we gonna go on the run like they did in the fourth quarter. That fourth quarter run was incredible. Goran Goran Dragic has never been known to be a scorer. That and and I, I don't think he was brought to New Jersey to score. Um, yeah. I think in Miami in Miami he was a scorer. Yeah, but I his like. his points were really his points were in areas that now are occupied by both Kyrie and. By both Kyrie and uh, Durant. Because remember, Goran Goran is the guy that's in the paint. He's facilitating. And he's trying Mm -hmm. to find open guys. But if he can't find open guys, then gladly he will will go under the basket, make moves, do certain things. And he can't do that with Kyrie always coming into the lane, KD looking for the post up. He's kind of picking and choosing where he can shoot. And we don't Mm -hmm. really know him much for his shot. Um, But he was hitting. I ain't gonna lie to you. First half, he was definitely putting in buckets. Um, yeah, but you know Boston definitely stuck true to their defensive mentality and was like, "Listen, if Goran's gonna beat us with forty tonight, that's okay. <laughs> then it is what it is. That's okay. We just know you. But he gonna show us, right? He gotta show us that he can make forty exactly. Just sitting in the corner hitting threes. All exactly. Day. It's very, it's very not to hype this coach up more than necessary, but it's definitely Bill Belichickian. Like 
We know your mm-hmm. best thing. We're going to take that away. That's, that's yeah. and, and if you beat us with that gone, great. Or if we're trying to beat that person and that person is just that good to where they outdo our defense, even better. I can live with that L. So mm-hmm. I, that series is definitely entertaining. Um, the series that has taken my attention is definitely Minnesota Memphis. Yeah. Um, the reason being, and right now Memphis just has been on like a 18 to five run and they've cut it to six at this point. Um, mm. no wrong three. They just hit a three. It's 83, 80 right now with nine minutes. Good to go shit. Come through jaw. So yeah, jaw's been taken off. Uh, the other guard has taken off too. Um, Desmond Bain. Yeah. And number who's number 22 from Memphis. Is that Dylan Brooks? That's Dylan Brooks. He just hit the three. Um, but this series, this series is very chippy. What I will say that I like about this series the most is the refs are letting these boys play, which I really, I really do enjoy when that happens. Um, now, um, as far as why this series has impressed me the most, you know, I didn't know what to expect with the series because honestly, there's so many elements that you got to take into play, you know, in this game. If you want to be honest, the playoff vet in this is Pat Bev. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the oldest guy. I mean, um, no, Memphis has got Steven Adams too, don't they? Yeah. So Steven Adams and Pat Bev come in on both teams with some kind of playoff veteran leadership, so to say. The main guys mm-hmm. that we're watching, some of them is like their first major series where they actually, you know, can put in some work and so on and so forth. They just tied the game. Number 22 with another three-pointer. Um, yeah, Dylan Brooks with another three. Um, mm-hmm. So, wow. Um, yeah. So, Bain, it's tied now? Yeah, Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks is balling right now. Desmond Bain got 23. Let's go, Ja. Yeah. And, and Memphis come right. through. <laughs> and they just took, they just uh, stopped right now. Uh, yeah, man, this this is, wow. Memphis really One turned this I'm- around. One thing I noticed about Memphis is they kept their composure. And even in this game, when I was watching just a few minutes ago, Jaron Jackson got a huge block, mm-hmm. got a huge block. And he just came down like he didn't do anything. And I was like, bro, where's the energy? Like Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns are giving y'all energy right now. But mm-hmm. Memphis is kind of playing it cool. Mm-hmm. And I get, I don't know if it's like they trying to play too much into being like, calm and not trying to act like they're that young but like man if some team is bringing you energy i feel like you got to bring the energy back right and but i guess them coming they kept their cool kept their composure and they back in the game it's 83 83 right now right and and i think that's another thing that's different is the mentality of both teams right i also think it's attributed to their coaches i think that the reason why memphis is so cool calm and collected is because for the record, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't haven't seen a lot of Memphis games, but I know you and I have. These mm-hmm. games that they're going through right now, Memphis has been through this all season. Yeah. This is nothing new. You know what I mean? And 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 the thing about Memphis is you gotta remember, Memphis is kind of like that team that you didn't expect anything from. So now that they're balling, your mindset is is like, man, we should beat these scrubs. But that's not happening. And they're kind of mm-hmm. just they're kind of taking it in, like you know, I'm almost to the point where maybe some of these guys are like, "Listen, we knew we were going to be good, but shit, 
<laughs> we here now. Like we knew it was gonna be good. I don't know if it was gonna be this good, but shit, we're here. So fuck it. We going ball. And 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 being on being a part of a team like that before, that's a great place to be in. Cause it's like yeah. you knew you had a good team, but y'all are like balling and everything's kind of just going the way it needs to. It gives you like a like a quiet sense of confidence because you're like, bro, if you want to be real, we ain't even supposed to be here. Right. So you didn't have us here. So we're ahead of schedule. So whatever we do here, we playing with house money. What would you heard? Jones mm-hmm. just hit the three. They took their first lead since probably like the first lead tonight. Memphis just took their first lead. And Jaws on the bench. Um 86-85. So you know, like it is it's you're playing with house money, bro. And there's nothing better than playing with house money. Nothing in the world better than playing with house money. Because you're just, bruh, it is what it is. We might lose this first series and they might sit there and be like, oh, Memphis folded. But real behind closed doors, you're like, how do we fold? Y'all didn't even expect us here. So what what, 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 right. what are you talking about at this point? You know what I mean? So that, that series is definitely an exciting one for me. Um yeah, the D, the Minnesota went into this with a lot of momentum too, coming off those LA Clipper wins. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was mm-hmm. making fun of Patrick Beverly mm-hmm. for jumping mm-hmm. on the table and getting hyped like they won a championship, mm-hmm. but that jump meant a lot to him because this is the same team that wrote him off and said he couldn't contribute. And now, like I just, I'm part of the reason why y'all not in the playoffs anymore. Oh yeah, and now like I'm, I'm continuing to fight. Like I need people to understand I'm here, man. Patrick it's, Beverly is really doing this all. Yeah, there's there's a poetic justice to it that you can't you can't ignore. Um, because they definitely did write him out and they definitely did talk trash about him to other teams, so that that didn't help anything either. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. The playoff series that has disappointed me. Okay. Um it's a good one because I have a couple of candidates. Um, I guess the one that has disappointed me would probably be Golden State Denver. I know that Denver <laughs> Denver has those injuries, but I expected them to put up a little bit more of a fight. I think the Warriors. Yeah. I think the Warriors are really good. Don't get it twisted. But Jesus, I mean, even when Denver closes the gap, you're kind of sitting there like, well, yeah, this game's over. <laughs> like in Jordan Poole. It's um, such a, like, what? how do you say it? Like, great, unexpected, oh, I can't think of the word, but, like, unexpected, you know, hero, like, butterfly, like, that just came oh, out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, okay, I know what you're you trying to say. Like, he's, like, the third splash bro at this point because he's just so talented, man. I was talking to my coworkers the other day, and they're like, Stubbs, I'm watching the Golden State game and like Jordan Poole don't look like no role player. He looks like a star. Like he don't even look like just a really good player. He looks like a star in the making. Like we're watching a star form before our eyes. When Steph Curry is coming off the bench for you, like you have to be that guy. Even if Steph Curry is coming back from an injury, like Jordan Poole is an unexpected, unsung hero for this Warriors team. It's a... it's a shame he's not in the most improved player yeah, he's, uh, finalist. He's a he's definitely one of those like budding superstars that's coming into his own. I think what's mm-hmm. the most interesting about Jordan Poole, um, and and I think this is more I think this is more attributed to 
the front office of Golden State more than anything, I think that you always have to take into account um, the player's style of play in relevance to your Mm -hmm. team, um, regardless of injuries or whatever the case may be. I know that he had some... He had got injured in his in his college playing days, didn't he, or some of that nature? Yeah, I believe like he so. Had got, he had got an injury that kind of held him up or something like that. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is, is I think Poole is perfect for the way that Golden State plays. Um, mm-hmm. Now he's gotten the confidence because he could always shoot. He could always handle the rock. He could always get to the lane. Even watching him in, in college, the question that you're, you're better off asking about him in college is what could he not do? Right. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that he needed to be in a team that cultivated his style of play. I think his style of play is very um, particular. I don't think it works. Yeah. I don't think it can work for every team. But damn it, when it goes to the right team, gee, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. Jordan Poole definitely is is in his bag. I think Golden State, more than anything, is one of those teams where they are very aware of their identity and they stick with it. The guys that they draft, mm-hmm. the guys that they pick up, they don't care about injuries. They don't care about none of that stuff. It's like these guys fit what we're looking for. If they get hurt, yeah. so be it. Fuck it. Season over. Whatever. But we know that these guys are the guys that allow us to play our best brand of warrior basketball. A lot of teams yeah. tend to not do that. A lot of teams will get like a really bad injury and they'll either go off the player or change how they play. But I think that's mm-hmm. what makes the Warriors consistently good is we're not changing that. Yes, he might yeah. get injured quite a bit, but when he's on the court, we're good. And that's what we need. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like when you draft early, like when you draft a lottery pick, you need to look at best available player. And then when you look later into the draft, you have to go with what's going to work for us. Because if I try to go for the best available player, it might not work for us and it might not pan out. Correct. And I feel like that's, that's where you end up with like the Norris Coles who worked really well for this heat team for what we specifically needed. And the Jordan pools who work for what golden state specifically needs. And we're really seeing it like pan out before our eyes. It's almost ridiculous to see how this junk is working for this man. Right. And so that that is that is definitely the the series that has underwhelmed me, um, or the series I'm disappointed in. The series that has underwhelmed me, it's got to be Miami Atlanta. It's underwhelmed me in a, in a in a few in a few ways. First off, Atlanta's good, but come on, I mean Miami's good, but come on, Atlanta, this is starting to get ridiculous. Like, come on, man, this is this is the playoffs. It can't. Mm-hmm. It can't be Trey Young on five guys. You are a playoff team. I don't care yeah. if it's one versus eight, two versus seven. None of that. You are a playoff team. Like in so many different cases, I've seen Atlanta like lay down, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Second, every team is fighting a yes. little bit more outside yes. of Atlanta. Yes. Yes. I ain't gonna lie. Last year when Atlanta made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I was like, this is the most fluky. Eastern Conference Finals team I've seen in a long time. I like, I know a lot of people thought the Heat were a fluky Finals team in 2020, but that Atlanta team making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they had no business being there, if I'm perfectly honest. And I was like, bro, when when it's time for everybody to see them next season, 
it's not going to look like the same Atlanta team. And I feel like I was right. I mean, granted, you have stuff happen during the season, but I feel like they showed what Atlanta's actually supposed to be this season. Correct. Well, I, I'll say this. As far as the fluky, as far as the fluky, you know, Miami appearance or whatever the case may be, um, I'll say this. <clears throat> I thought at that point in time, the best team in the East was the Boston Celtics. I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people had Toronto. I didn't think Toronto was going to be able to stick. They didn't. Um, a lot of people said 76ers. I didn't think they were going to stick. They didn't. Um, Milwaukee <clears throat> Milwaukee had an issue because Milwaukee was still figuring out who the hell they were. Yeah. And the thing about that Miami team, and when you take crowds away, and, and you know, Although I joke around and I say that it's a Mickey Mouse ring that LeBron won, I think one element that we got to take into account is the fact that when you take the crowd away, when you take the traveling away, when you take all the elements that can give a team an advantage away, it's just pure basketball. Yeah. You are, you are just hooping at this point. And for those right. who for those who don't hoop, on a regular basis, so for those who don't hoop in those rec in those rec uh, environments, as you and I have done before, Joe, you got to understand mm-hmm. that chemistry, intelligence, strategy, all plays a part because now there is no pressure. You are just hooping, right? And those things matter. Like, for example, I'm not going to lie to you. If I go and walk into any wreck, any park, whatever, and there's three particular players with me, one of them being you, I have a feeling that we're not going to lose very many games because you have at least two legitimate basketball coaches on the team. We'll adjust to whatever it is that they're doing. Like, if they're going to mm-hmm. sit there, if they're going to sit there and call out zone, oh, it's over with. Whatever zone right. you call, we're we're about to slaughter because there's two coaches, one who's a big, one who's a guard. We could literally two man basketball it the rest of the game. I'm about to eat that shit up. It's nothing. <laughs> it's it's nothing because there's nothing there. However, I'm not gonna lie to you. If you go into a zone and we just so happen to be on your home court and you invite a hundred of your homeboys and homegirls and they yelling and they spewing nonsense at us and they booing us, hey. This is <laughs> this is a different atmosphere now because now it's like damn. Yeah. Not only do I got to prove you wrong, I got to shut these guys up. Any little thing you do, they about to hype this up. Anything we do is going to be called luck. This is going to be trash. But if you flip mm-hmm. it and we invite a hundred of our people, right? What? Our frat brothers, our friends, our wives, our family members. Oh, it's over with. You're you're about to die. In yeah, you're about to yeah. die because now we got we got to show out. We got to show up. We got we got the fam in the back. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when you watch those the footage of those games, people are like, "Oh, it's just different." Yeah, because they were just hooping. There was no. There's nothing there to give you extra energy. There's no fans right. there. There's nothing to hype you up. Whatever. Like although Kyrie scored 41 points and went the fuck off and was supposed and they were supposed to beat Boston. He also hurt his team because there was a lot of guys who couldn't get in their groove because for five possessions in a row, Kyrie took a shot. And then when they threw a double team at you at the end of the game, you it's didn't like know you what, had nowhere to go. Exactly, bro. 
Exactly. You had to look to your bailout, Kevin Durant. Exactly. He, just, he ain't been shooting for a minute. So not only has he not been shooting, he's not in the flow of the game. He's so much out of the flow of the game, he don't even play defense on the last possession. Because KD's one right. of those guys, I need, I need to get the ball at some point for me to play. Yeah. Right? But we could take that into context. This doesn't happen if Kyrie's in Brooklyn. This doesn't happen mm-hmm. if Kyrie's not flicking off fans. It feels like, oh, yeah, I got to go off now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, these elements matter. But now when you're talking about the bubble, that's not fluky, man. That's straight up ball. And I said this. I don't know if you remember me telling you this when, when we used to do our little FaceTimes and house parties and all that stuff because this was COVID. I said, if mm-hmm. there's any team that I would ride with to go to the rec and play ball, it would be the Heat. That team, mm-hmm. that yeah. it's a wreck. That is a wreck team. Tyler Hero giving yeah. you buckets. Duncan Robinson giving you buckets. Jimmy Butler is doing everything. Bam out of bio down there doing everything down low. You had guys, you had Goran Drogic still keeping everything together. That was a well-crafted team that was gonna get you there. They yeah. they weren't lacking any weaknesses. And honestly, even now, as we look at this team, it's kind of the same team. They number one. Yeah. And the only thing that really that the Heat struggle against is those teams with those guys who either A, don't care for the AAA, well, it's not AAA no more, for the, what is it called, uh, FTX? FTX Arena. They don't care about the crowd or when they're on the road. The Heat is slightly a different team on the road. We got we got to give credit to that. We got to give The Heat are a little bit better on the road. You think so? I, I personally think so, yeah. Okay, okay. Watching them throughout the season, like... I don't know. I, I ain't gonna lie. I feel like Miami ain't still ain't really dialed into basketball. It's still a football city at the end of the day. Right. And I feel like basketball is like, oh, we hot now? Okay, we hot. We but gonna go to these like, games. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, Heat fans love the Heat. I ain't gonna lie. Like, we, even as a Heat fan, we love the Heat. But I still, there's a part of me that feels like Miami is a football city at the end of the day. And if the Heat are dirt trash, it's going to be a lot of people who don't care about the yeah, Heat. Yeah, they're not going to they're not gonna see they're those, gonna talk about it. You're going to see a lot of those Heat fans disappear. Yep. So I feel like I, – I don't feel like home games for the Heat is the same as like a home game for Boston or a home game for New York where it's like we're going to ride or die whether y'all are dirt trash or the best team in the league. Well, the evi- I mean the evidence is there. The energy is not the same, number one. Number two, like, you know – I think it's a sense of appreciation, right? I think what it is is so I think that it's a little bit more than that. Before I get to that, though, I'll finish the point that I was making. Um, So Atlanta, definitely fluky. Atlanta letting me down. That's why the series is super underwhelming to me. And thirdly, I'm a little disappointed that Miami ain't putting my boy Victor Oladipo out there. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, man. And that's really that's really lie. that's really fucking me up. Like I'm I'm really Even in them late that. game situations, we up. Like let that man get yeah. his feet wet. Yeah, let that man slide, bro. You're gonna trade him anyway. Let him get some value so he don't go to no trash ass team. Anyway. Right. Anyway, but I'm I'm a little disappointed in that. Apparently, Skip Bayless put the rumor out there that Jimmy Butler told Spo that he doesn't want to be out there with, with Depot. I don't know how much truth there is mm. to that, but I, I can see Jimmy being bold and brazen enough to say some shit like that. Um, but it is I mean, that it. team belongs to, as far as players, the team belongs to Jimmy. Yeah, so, you know. It, it just, I don't think so Jimmy's it. in there making LeBron decisions. 
But I think if Jimmy come to Spo and he like, I don't want Spoh, him to play with me. Do, yeah, yeah. Even though they had their little situation, if you had to look at a player and say the Heat belongs to that player right now, mm-hmm. it's Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so back to Miami fans and Gabe Vincent. I apologize, no, but Gabe Vincent and Victor Oladipo kind of play the same position, and Gabe Vincent he's is balling. doing the hell out yeah. of his job right yeah, now. Yeah, he's balling. Yeah, for sure. So if I have to choose between Victor Oladipo and Gabe Vincent, and Gabe Vincent is performing for me, I'm going to stick with Gabe you Vincent, keep with even the though hot the hand. name isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think that when it comes to cities, I think the sport matters, but to an extent. I think at the end of the day, Cities are going to ride with the team that matches its culture the best. I mm-hmm. think that this Miami team is counter culture for Miami. They're good, but they're not quote unquote Miami, right? Like there's been a bunch of good Miami teams. We just ride with the team that matches the culture best. For example, uh-huh. the Dwayne Wade Shaq teams. It was just Shaq, but Shaq was enough because Shaq is a big name. Shaq is flashy. Shaq's got the cars, whatever. I mean, think I about see what it. you're saying. Think about it for a second. Look at, I say this time and time again, there is no cooler player in NBA history outside of Miami LeBron. Okay. Miami LeBron. It used to be it used to be um, Frazier, Clyde Frazier. That's who it used to be because he was super mm-hmm. New York. He was super like with the clothes and all that stuff. Walt Frazier, but they called him Clyde. He mm-hmm. had the car. He wore the furs. He took the pictures in the magazine. He was very New York-esque, Right. But look at LeBron before Miami and look at LeBron since Miami. Remember, LeBron used to go to, he used to leave his house and, well, Memphis kind of just solidified that game. Brooks hit another three. What? 102-92. Yep. Hell yeah. So what you have here is, remember, LeBron's, first off, his house wasn't too far from AAA. He just had to go over the bridge. He had the free. ride his bike. He He used to ride his bike. He used to take out the low rider. He used to have the whip. And, like, they used to follow him on the, like, him taking the whip over there. And that's when the sunglasses was there, the short shorts, yeah. the, the, the uniformity and stuff. Him and Dwayne Wade. That team was flashy. That team was very Miami. Them boys used to go out after a whip. Mm-hmm. And remember, this was around the time when Niggas in Paris was the big hit. And that song, yeah. you'd be listening to 105.5 or any of those stations, 90, 99 Jams or whatever, and they was telling you the club that some of these guys would be at. And you know the song yeah. would drop, pimpoo, 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 pimpoo. Yeah. Like, you know what it is, man. You know, the after party to the Miami Heat game, you know, it's a big game. He playing the Pacers tonight. You know, there's playoff yeah. implication. After the game, we've got Mario Chalmers and Udonis Haslam coming to wherever. And people would slide be like, man, bro, what you doing tonight? We're like, bro, I heard. such great times. Come bro. on, bro. You see what I'm saying? So, like, that was very Miami. Like, these boys would win. I mean, win or lose, they going out regardless. But if they win, you know the boys about to buy bottles. You know the boys about to throw money. You knew what it was. Like, you knew what you knew yeah. the vibes, right? 
like all the Miami clubs was popping. Like Dwayne Wade would come out every once in a while. LeBron James would come out every once in a while. Like there was just, it was just popping, bro. Like they, that was like live was popping. Uh, they would go to King of Diamonds. That be popping. You know what I'm saying? Like there was, come on now. There was so many places that they would go where like you would slide. You would slide. You know what I'm saying? And so that team was flashy, very Miami. Um, This team is more blue collar, get to business, do their thing. Workhorse. Yeah. And that's just not what we do in Miami. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Boston. This team not going to have Rihanna courtside seats every game. Come on now. Come on now. Think about the people that used to go to the Heat games when it was. Bro, we call that team the Heatles. Yeah. We called them because the they always yeah. And and the thing about yeah. it is and I've said this before. I don't think you've experienced electricity until you've been at a big game in AAA when LeBron was in the house. Man. Listen, when that I ain't going to lie, boy. Those are some of the funnest games I've ever watched. Like going to see LeBron that jump was crazy. These boys would be casually just going down the court dunking it. I remember I went to a game when you're watching a game on TV, you 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 see the game, you understand the game, you feel the game and everything, but you don't understand it on the level of actually being there. I'm watching this game and I'm like, bro, LeBron probably only has like 14 points. He's not doing much. Like these dudes just going up and down the court and doing whatever. And then you look up at the box score and it's like LeBron got 30. And you're like, bro, like, mm-hmm. these dudes really out here balling and making mm-hmm. this scene effortless like it's fun to them mm-hmm. they just enjoying the hell out of this time dog that's mm-hmm. crazy and you know the 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 thing about it is is like the one game that i went to i'm trying to remember what year that was if it was 15 or 16 i'll actually find the game i'll go back and address it again um but the game that i went to it was the it was the Pacers and the Heat. And um, that was when the Pacers was the Pacers and the Heat was the Heat. And I think that was the year that they lost to the Spurs for the last time um, mm. before LeBron left and went to Cleveland. And that game came down to like the last possible seconds. Ray Allen hit like a big time three-pointer to put him up. That crowd went stupid. <laughs> that crowd went dummy, bro. And I remember sitting there just being like, yo, this is this is Miami right here, bro. This is this is what Miami wants. They want these flashy teams. Think about the teams that Miami love, bro. The U, the U is about as flashy as you can get back in the day. And they love them. Hell boys. yeah. They love them boys. So, you know, it's, it's the culture of the city. Like, when you look at a Boston, the reason why they appreciate those teams is, although those teams are blue-collar and they'll fight you and they'll scrap for every point, they do it in style. Like, all the yeah. loved Boston teams, I say this all the time, I'm like, listen, I know y'all call them blue-collar, but them boys was playing some motherfucking basketball. You look at them 80 Celtics yeah. teams, yeah, Lakers had showtime, but for what it's worth, the Celtics was keeping up too. They were playing some fast break yeah. basketball, good passes. You know what I'm saying? Larry Bird over here hitting these long range jumpers, these touch passes. You got two bigs that can finish around the basket, silky smooth. 
Bill Walton coming in, winning six man of the year, leading the league in big men with like six, seven assists per game, right? Yeah. And then you go up to the teams in the early 2000s as we're making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're talking about Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker. Those teams was flashing in a bit too. Their point guard was Kenny yeah. Anderson. You know what I'm saying? Like they had Walter McCarty, who was kind of a wannabe stretch four, but he could hit the three. And then you're talking about the championship team that went to the finals those two years in a row. And I think four years in a row, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Bro, those teams was entertaining to watch. The big three, yeah. that does entertaining basketball, but but those teams apply to the culture of the city, right? Yeah. Brooklyn, they love these teams, but realize Brooklyn is getting the big stars. People are like, why is mm-hmm. it that people are going to Brooklyn over New York? And I'm like, you'd have to go to New York to understand. You'd have to go to Manhattan, and then you'd have to go spend some time in Brooklyn. I was like, it's yeah. it's different. Like I don't pizza's pe- better, right? People love to go to the city, but it's something about Brooklyn. Dog. Brooklyn is it's Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> it's Brooklyn, bro. You know what I'm saying? Live from Bedford Stuyvesant, son. Right? Live this exactly. one representing BK to the fullest. Exactly. You know what I mean? If we look at Laker teams. Some Laker teams we like more than the others. You know what I mean? And the Laker Lakers, teams love names. Yep. Yep. They love the nicknames. They love fast-paced basketball. They got to have... Hollywood. You know what I mean? That's what it is. It's the culture mm-hmm. of the team matching of the, the city. The city, yeah. It's got to match the culture of that city, man. And, and if it doesn't, yeah, we'll appreciate them for being good, but meh. Meh. Thanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thanks for thanks for being good, but you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think that's where we're kind of seeing like where Heat fans love the Heat, but it's kind of like they're riding with the Heat, but it's not really the same. Like even if this Heat team mm-hmm. wins, even if this Heat team wins the finals, we're still gonna talk about those 2011 to 2015 teams way more than we're gonna talk about Easily. those teams. Way Easily. more because it, it matches it matches the the look of the team. Um, for example, think about it. We Orlando has had two teams make it to the finals. We don't even discuss Dwight Howard. We don't even yeah. discuss those teams. And for what it's worth, those teams were prob that those teams were probably better than the 94, 95, 96 teams. But the 94, 95, 96 teams, they matched the they matched the culture of Orlando. Mm-hmm. They match the culture. Shaq, big name. Penny, big name. The theme parks, them being out everywhere, you know, showing their face mm-hmm. or whatever. It, it is different. Even though Shaq kind of, you know, they, they kind of left a bad taste in Shaq's mouth and vice versa. Shaq can still go to Orlando and show love and get love. I bet you if Shaq and yeah. Dwight Howard were to go to Orlando at the same time, I bet you who'd be able to get more free food. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, I ain't gonna lie though. They, they hated Shaq in uh in Orlando for a long time. I remember I went to Orlando to spend time with. I was a kid in high school. We went to spend time with one of my mom's like high school friends, mm-hmm. and we stayed at their house and everything. And my mom's high school friend's husband, he was super Orlando fan. I remember this the year that Orlando beat LeBron in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and we were going back and forth and stuff, man. And I was like, yeah, LeBron, because that was the year that they were pushing LeBron and Kobe in the finals, and they had the whole puppet Nike yes, yes, commercials yes, yes. and everything. I and he was like, man, my Orlando team's going to beat Cleveland. 
and this and this and that. And I was like, yeah, right, man, LeBron, la da da. But he was telling me, because he had been an Orlando fan his whole life, he showed me he had a roll of toilet paper where he's like, this is the toilet paper everybody in Orlando was buying after Shaq left. And it was toilet paper with Shaq's face on it. Yep. And they were like, we're literally wiping our ass with Shaq's face because that's how much they hated this man. Yes, they did. After he left Orlando. Yes, they did. I was like, that's crazy. For an entire city to just be buying toilet paper with this man's face on it. (laughs) You know, I I think what it is, too, is, you know, beyond that, they knew what Shaq was going to bring them. There's Mm -hmm. no shadow. There's no doubt in my mind that Shaq would have brought the same three championships that he brought to L.A. to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Orlando would easily be one of the premier franchises in the NBA if Shaq stays. Yeah. If Shaq stays. So, you know, I think I think it was a little bit of hate, but I also think there was a lot of just, like, disdain and just hurt feelings as well. Yeah. They were definitely hurt. Poor babies. But, uh... That's, that's the franchise's fault. If you look at a franchise like Miami or you look at a franchise like LA or or even Boston, like you you make a point to make these players feel like they're important here. Like even LeBron on the way out of Miami, he felt important the entire time. Kobe, his entire stay at LA felt important. And when he felt like he wanted to leave and go to Chicago, LA made it a point to make sure like your your ass is staying here. And like my Miami only did Dwayne Wade dirty that one time where they were like, We're not gonna pay you, and then he ended up going to Chicago. But that was like even later in his years. But when you know you have a star, you make it a point to make sure like whatever you need, we got you. Mm-hmm. Stay here. And I just feel like Orlando hasn't done hasn't necessarily done a great job of taking care of their stars. And I feel like that's why we continue to see people leave Orlando like that too. Mm. You kind of snapped there. You kind of snapped there. You know, and and you're right. You you got to make your stars feel like they're welcome and needed in that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's why Dame is never gonna leave Portland. Like Dame has something important that that a lot of people don't have, and like a lot of people are like, why is Damian Lillard so loyal to Portland? Like everybody's confused about that. Why doesn't Dame just leave Portland to get a championship? But they take care of Dame in Portland. Like, they love Dame important. <laughs> like, I'm surprised how everybody's making that GOAT um, list for everybody's teams. I'm surprised Damian Lillard is in Portland's GOAT because they love that man in Portland. He'll never leave Portland as long as they continue to treat him like that. Yeah, they treat him They treat him like a king. They give him whatever he wants. It's, you know, and- They treat Dame in Portland the same way they treated Tim Duncan in San Antonio, in oh, my personal for opinion. sure. You're the franchise. And like, wh- yeah, why would you leave that? And I mean, it shows because the, what, he, what he ultimately complains about is people not necessarily wanting to come to Portland and how much it aggravates him. Right. He definitely does, he definitely was, does mention that. That was their thing with Carmelo. Mm-hmm. That was their thing with, uh, I think, Anthony Davis. They were trying to get Anthony Davis to Portland at one point. And that, yeah, you're right. That's his thing. He he be like, why can't why won't people come over here to Portland? Yeah, because he's like, <laughs> damn. Portland. he's like, y'all boys go to Oklahoma City, bro. 
Right. Like what? The and hell? Portland's not a bad city. I heard Portland is a pretty decent city to stay in too. I'd rather go to Portland than Minnesota or Cleveland. Big facts. I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like it's it's a shame that you know you have certain franchises that are hurt strictly because of where they are. Mm-hmm. Nothing more, nothing yeah. less. Strictly, strictly because of where they are. You know what I mean? And like yeah. Portland is definitely one of those franchises where if you move them somewhere else, it's a different team. Yeah, for sure. If if Milwaukee and Portland could draw in free agents the way LA and Miami could, they'd be franchise like dynasties. Come on now. They'd be dynasties. Come on now. now if Milwaukee saying, now and Portland, something. if Milwaukee and Portland, real deal, like think about that. If 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 Dame could get free agents to go there the way LeBron was able to get people to go to Miami and LA, or if Giannis was able to get people to go to Milwaukee the way LeBron was able to get people to go to LA and Miami, they'd be dynasties, dog. That junk would be crazy. Like, Milwaukee has what they have because of decent trades and great drafting. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Portland. And I mean, Portland wasn't really good this year, but looking at Portland's past when they were good, like, they have all that based on decent trades and great drafting. None of that is, like, free agency. Mm-hmm. You ain't get no big names in free agency going to Portland. Everybody want to go to New York. Mm-hmm. Or everybody want to go to Miami. Or everybody mm-hmm. want to go to L.A. Or even Chicago or, you know, teams like that. Nobody want to go to Portland or Milwaukee or Cleveland. Like, those teams have to really make sure that they draft well and that they get steals out of trades like a Jared Allen or a Karis LeVert and stuff like that. Yep, yep. You're absolutely right. If those those teams could really persuade, like, a a LeBron James to come over, a DeMar DeRozan to come over there, they'd be... They'd be dynasties easily. That's a fact. That's why Sacramento ain't never going to win a ring. Imagine Chris Webber was able to get <laughs> Allen Iverson to decide, I'm going to leave Philly and go to go Sacramento. Go to Sacramento. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Even though Sacramento should have beat LA that year, imagine Sacramento with Allen Iverson or, or Ray Allen or something at that time. Man, come on, bro. Sacramento would have been the truth. Big facts. But I'd have tried over doubt. You, you, ain't, you ain't saying nothing with a word. I found the game, ladies and gentlemen. I found the game. All right. So what end, what ended up happening is, is this game was on December third was on December eighteenth, twenty thirteen, and that game in particular, that game in particular. Um, was a big deal because Indiana at the time had the best record in the league and Miami wasn't too far behind them. And Mm -hmm. um, they were down for the majority of the game. Like Indiana's biggest lead was 68 to 53 in the third quarter. I remember that. And the, and the arena was packed. Triple a was packed full capacity. Not (laughs) one seat was empty. Everybody in white shirts or whatever, because you know, white out white hot was always a thing. But hell yeah, they freaking. Um, I think that was. I think that was the same game where LeBron James and Mario Chalmers got into that argument. Because mm. I remember seeing that too. That might be the same game that was on TV. So 
what ended up happening is is that they did a 10-0 run. After the 10-0 run was done, they um freaking Ray Allen hits the three-pointer to put them up 95-92. And from there they ended up winning 97-94. Mm-hmm. I was there for that game. And that game was electric. And afterwards, everybody was like, where we going out to, cuz? What club the players going to, cuz? That's where we sliding to. No way you could just go home after yeah, that. Yeah, bro. Like, come on, dog. Like, it's just a different, it's just a different vibe. And yeah. Jordan Poole is off to the races against Denver. Uh, <laughs> and <here laughs> Memphis won that game. They did. Just putting out out there, they, they beat the boys 104-95. Shout out to Memphis, man. Hey, Jordan Poole, really, they... Jordan Poole really is out here, cuz. Jordan take. Poole is that dude, dog. Good take with some English on the glass. And he's doing all of this in some Kobe's. That's a piece of Kobe, man. But yeah, dog. So, all right. So we, we, we've got all this basketball out of the way. Um... Do your picks change? Have you changed any of your picks as far as your uh, predictions for the playoffs? Oof, I ain't going to lie. I predicted Brooklyn to win it all. But I feel like Boston looks like the best team in the East right now. Okay. The way they – um first first off, talent. You got to have talent. Second off, defense. Defense wins championships. That's the best defense in the league. And third off, coaching and adjustments. And this dude – <laughs> is making amazing adjustments. He's making it frustrating for two of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. Two, two honestly, top 50 players all time. Yep. I know Kyrie wasn't top 75. I think by the time his, uh, his time is up, he'll be top 50. And Kevin Durant is easily top 50, if not top 20. And you're making life extremely hard for two of the Greatest scorers we've ever seen in our lives. Boston has all the components for a championship team. Yep, yep. So as far as the East, I had it Brooklyn. If Brooklyn's going to lose to a team, at least it's to the team that I think is going to take it all for the East Nice. at the end of the day. I like it. And um, I had the Warriors in the beginning, and I switched to Phoenix for a second. Devin Booker is hurt now, and Golden State is looking like they demoralized teams. So I feel like I want to go back to Golden State. So I think if I had to guess right now, I know I know I've made different predictions, but if I had to make a prediction right now, two best looking teams on both sides of me are Golden State and Boston. I think I think that I agree with you in that in that regard. Um, I will say I think what it is about Boston that's the scariest thing is we're watching three players come into their own in Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Tatum. I think that mm-hmm. Tatum hasn't fully realized his peak potential. I don't think Brown has realized his peak potential nor smart, but they're starting to realize like, oh, this this is where we can go with this. And I think you got yeah. three guys who do not mind playing with each other, contrary to popular belief. I think they'll play together. Mm-hmm. I think they'll play together for a good <laughs> little minute. Um Clay bust that shot, bro. But Clay, Clay is gonna come back to form these playoffs now. It only takes a couple of games for you to remember what the what what you've been what you've been on. You know what I mean? Clay is that dude. Yeah, Clay, Clay will get right, man. We ain't worried about that. Um, but you know, I think at the end of the day, bro, like is Boston is the scariest team probably in the NBA. Um, just because I think, you know, I would love to say Golden State or even Phoenix, but you know what you're getting from those two teams. So 
you know, whether you win or lose, you know the vibes. I think Boston, we're learning the vibes. Like, we're learning, like, oh, shit, like, this team can really do this. Like, this team is capable of doing this. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I knew that defensively they were good. I didn't know Mm -hmm. defensively they could be this good. I haven't seen another team look as good as them. Like, the way Marcus Smart gets up on Kyrie as soon as this man touches the ball is suffocating. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable watching from, from my couch. Yeah. No, you don't, I you don't seen, want that pressure, man. That sucks. I, even watching Golden State right now, like, Klay Thompson is playing amazing defense, but he's not bothering you the way a Marcus Smart was. Right. Patrick Beverly might be bothering you, but his defensive skill isn't what Marcus Smart's is. Right. And it's just like watching that Boston team, and even Al Horford. Al Horford be doing his thing. Jason Tatum getting blocks on KD. KD releases from the highest point mm-hmm. in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And Jason Tatum is getting up and blocking that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were comparing Kevin Durant's jump shot, his release point, to Dirk Nowitzki's with some of the highest release points in NBA history. And Jason Tatum's getting up and blocking that. Jason Tatum like, that is, defense... really, is really sliding, bro. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. Defensively, his game has absolutely picked up this season. You got to credit that to the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have known that the best move the Celtics would have made in the offseason was a coaching change? Right. And we all thought Brad Stevens was amazing. We really <laughs> I did. Brad Stevens we was really amazing. did. We really did. And honestly, not to take away from Brad Stevens, he's still a good coach. It's just, man, Yudoka's doing his thing. Yeah. Like, Jesus. I wonder what coaching team he's from. Boston, Boston also got rid of all those weak point guards. Like, if we're being honest, Campbell Walker was weak when he was with Boston. And Dennis Schroeder was weak when he was with Boston. Terry Rozier, he, Terry Rozier wasn't weak, but defensively he was a little bit more of a liability he was than raw. what they have now. Yeah, he was raw. He was just raw offensive talent. And I feel like getting rid of those dudes and saying, bump it, we just going to have Marcus Smart play the point guard or play defense against the other team's point guard has been an amazing move for them. Yep, and the fact that he's... The fact that he is um, contributing a lot more on the offensive, bro. That lefty, that lefty layup was sexy. The lefty layup to put him up for, and then he looked at his hand like this. That was that was fire. Um, Beyond beyond that, also, what you have to realize about um, Marcus Smart that is phenomenal, which I think is great, is they choose the games. They choose the games that he's going to start. And they choose the games that he's going to come off the bench, and he's mm-hmm. fine. He's fine with either or, which is yeah. which is amazing to me because you know a lot of players are going to sit there and be like, "Nah, bro, like you ain't just going to listen." I'm a starter, cuz. Yeah, I'm a, star- I'm a starter, cuz. You know what I'm saying? And like he's he's not he's not really you know stressed out about it. Yeah, so, I feel like Marcus Smart is. I mean, easily top three most important pieces of this team. I think Marcus Smart and Al Horford are two people that you can't win this series without. Granted, you have your stars. You have Jason Tatum and you have Jalen Brown. Obviously, got to get off and got to do their job. But when you talk about role players, Al Horford and Marcus Smart are playing beautiful basketball right now. It's It's incredible. And I'm glad Marcus Smart finally got this defensive player of the year. I'm tired of them giving defensive player of the year to these dudes that began cook. Rudy Gobert began cook. Giannis don't even want to play KD 
the whole game. They want to leave PJ Tucker on him, man. All these scary behind defensive PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker should have had a defensive player of the year. Bruh, I'm glad they finally gave it to Marcus Smart. Somebody who, like, I don't care who you put in front of me, one-on-one, you're going to have the toughest possible time versus anybody else in the league. You finna get this work, my boy. Right. <laughs> Talking about uh, Rudy Gobert got highlights of him getting cooked by Steph year after year and winning Defensive Player of the Year. Come on, man. You can't just get Defensive Player of the Year because you get blocks, bro. Facts. I agree. I agree 100%. You know, it's, 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 good, it's good to see basketball coming around and loving the guards again. Fuck out of here. Yeah. We need, guards need For more sure. love, bro. Guards oh, need yeah. more love. So, yeah, man. Um, Shit. Is that everything we need to cover in basketball? Did we miss anything? I think so, man. <laughs> I think that's everything, though. We spent a lot of time on that first round. <laughs> we did, bro. I mean, and it's only been two games in. That's how good the series have been so far. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to come back at it at the end of the first round to see what we got. Um, but uh, before we wrap it up in the world of sports, we do have to talk about that boy Debo Samuels trying to get up out of there. Hell, yeah. Debo's like, man, fuck what you talking about. I'm out. <laughs> fuck what you talking about, bitch. I'm out. You thought it was uh, bad, yeah. Man. So I mean, and, you know, I I ain't gonna lie. I wonder why why is he want to be out? Like y'all was just y'all was just in the playoffs fighting for a chance at the Super Bowl. Like, what you think you gonna go to Kansas City or Buffalo and right. have a better shot at the Super Bowl, or is it just the money? Is it solely the money? I want to get paid, and San Francisco ain't gonna pay me. So from what from what I've been reading so far. Um, apparently what the problem is, is it's not just the money. He also just didn't like his usage. He does not want to be a hybrid. Yeah. He does not want to be a hybrid wide receiver running back. He just wants to be more of a traditional wide receiver role. Okay. I can see that. You don't want to take on too much of a load. Correct. Correct. I feel that. It's kind of like uh, if you want to relate it to basketball, he don't want to be Russell Westbrook doing everything. He mm-hmm. want to be Jason Tatum where mm-hmm. I could just score and that's it. Mm-hmm. Or Kyrie where I could just score mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I feel that. Mm-hmm. So, Steph. You know, that's that's ultimately what it boils down to. Um, so, all right. Well, before we even get into all of that, let's ask this. You know, every team has the potentiality to get at him, and rightfully so. He is one of the better mm-hmm. players in the league. What team or teams do you think should go after him, and what team do you think he's the best fit with? Um. Okay, so I'm an Eagles fan, so whenever it comes to football, I always think about my team first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, obviously, I follow a lot of Eagles pages, and I see a whole bunch of, oh, should the Eagles get Debo Samuel, la da 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 I, I mean, granted, this might be irrelevant. I don't think he should come to Philly because we're still trying to figure out what the hell Jalen Hurts needs to do with his life. And I feel like that's not the position Debo Samuel needs to be in right now. I think Debo would be amazing. <laughs> With the two teams that I said, with Kansas City and Buffalo, because you have great quarterbacks, or even Green Bay. Green Bay would be a nice fit because they just lost their number one receiver. That's what Debo I was could thinking. go over there. Mm-hmm. Debo could mm-hmm. go over there and be the number one receiver now that Devontae Adams is gone, 
And if you're Green Bay, you keep Aaron Rodgers happy because you just lost your franchise uh, wide receiver. And I, I think Green Bay might be a great fit. Green Bay is a phenomenal fit. Fuck you, me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Debo and Green Bay would be disgusting. Hell yeah. That is a serious problem if he makes his way over to Green Bay. For sure. Now, obviously, the 49ers would have to trade him. I think it's a matter of, you know, if they're going to trade, they'll probably trade to the AFC. I look at some of the Mm -hmm. AFC teams that could probably make usage of him or have need of him. I see a team like the Indianapolis Colts. They just got Matty Ryan over there. Him, Matty Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, Freaking uh, their other receiver. His name is escaping me right now. And... um, Jonathan Taylor would be a serious problem. Um, also, I think him to the Patriots, because obviously that's my team, no bias. Um, mm-hmm. But I think him being over there is a problem. Michael Pittman Jr. is the guy I'm thinking about for the Colts. Um, but mm-hmm. I can see him going to the Patriots. That would be a good little look for him. Uh, Kansas City would definitely be interesting, especially with the loss of Tyreek Hill. Getting somebody like Debo Samuel would be would be very nice. Very nice indeed. Um, and I think from what you said about Debo not wanting to be a hybrid, I think he doesn't want to take on too big of a load. So him being over there with a Travis Kelsey or like another established person. So that way he could actually see one-on-ones would help him as well too. Yep. Yep. As far as for what he's looking for. Agreed. These players be getting tired of double teams, bro. Mm -hmm. You see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like. I'm pretty sure Odell was frustrated with the double team. Even Devin Booker, when you look at him doing open runs in the summer, he's like, bro, I see double teams all season. Like, can I get a one-on-one once? Bro? <laughs> These players get tired of double teams. So if Debo went somewhere where he didn't have to get double teamed the whole game, that'd be amazing too. Yep. And Shoot, go to the Raiders next to Devontae Adams. <laughs> right, exactly. What? Or he could go to the Chargers. And then the Chargers now have them a nice little three receiver stable with him, Keenan Allen, and Keenan Mike Williams. Allen. Yeah, that would be a serious problem because now you just put Debo in the slot and be like, "Hey, bro, have fun." And you just he wouldn't get paid at all. But imagine Jit going to Miami. <laughs> oh my freaking gosh! <laughs> They'd have the best receiving core in the NFL. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know that's those are the things that you know. You got to take into context, but I think also the team that has the best draft picks to offer will also have a good chance of winning just because. Which I feel like is Philly. Philly do got A. Philly's in a really interesting spot, my boy. They're in a very yeah. interesting spot. So we're going we're gonna to see what happens. We're stuck in this middle of the pack. No real like over the top talent in my personal opinion. Uh, I think the best player on our roster is Darius Slay at corner. But even then, finding somebody on the other side of him is looking difficult right now. I feel like how we didn't really um, value the linebacker position that much, he's kind of just like, we'll pick up linebackers where we pick them up. And he did the same. A lot of people are like, we upgraded at the linebacker position, which was going to happen regardless because our linebackers are trash. But like he, he signed Hassan Reddick. And uh, Kaiser White, and 
when they're they're really good linebackers, and I like Nicobe Dean and all those dudes. But I just feel like there are certain positions that Howie just doesn't respect. And I feel like wide receiver is low-key one of those positions where it's like he didn't want to pay none of these big-name players, which is why we didn't get any good wide receivers in in um, free agency. We ended up with just Zach Pascal, who is good, but it's not all there. And then when you look at our quarterback, Jalen Hurts, a lot of Eagles fans love Jalen Hurts. But I'm one of those people who's like, he still has to prove himself. Right. And I don't know if I like Debo coming to the Eagles just off the fact that Jalen, I I would love him to help Devontae Smith out. Like that veteran leadership would really do wonders for Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith would get some clean, like, CB2s, like second string defensive backs on him. But I don't for Debo's career. I don't know if I like him coming to uh, to Philly. Yeah, we're in this very weird position. Well, I agree. I ain't gonna lie. When you were saying about the Patriots, I feel like the Patriots are in a very similar position too. Mm-hmm. Where like last year they spent a whole bunch of money on free agency to be like this a little bit above average team. Yep. Where you have Mac Jones, who's good and can be a really great quarterback, but we just don't know yet. And it's like Debo going there, he'll probably have to take on a huge load there as well. Thanks. He would he would take on a pretty big load. They definitely got Devontae Parker. I don't know what the hell he's gonna pan out to. We're gonna see. But um yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be interesting to see where the Debo Samuel sweepstakes clears. Some people are saying he's gonna stay his ass right in for right in uh, San Francisco. Like, nobody gonna pick his lie. ass up. San Francisco's not gonna be in no rush to get rid of Chip. Nope. They surely ain't. Not at all. They surely they ain't. They're going to be like, you're going to sit here and play, and if somebody offer us something for real, then maybe we'll consider it. Facts. But other than that, boy. You're going to sit your ass <laughs> you're gonna st- mm-hmm. Right here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be a 49er. I agree. I agree 100%. So, yeah, man. I don't know if there's is there anything else to cover in the world of sports, or we straight? Uh LeBron and that trade list. Oh, hell yeah. We got to at least read through that bit because that shit is ridiculous, bro. Hell yeah. Let me pull that bitch up. Boy, you snap. I was going to let it slide, but I was like... Hell yeah. Let's talk about it. Since LeBron is signed for the Lakers, should I do who's been traded away from the Lakers first or who's been traded to the Lakers? Away, because yeah. away is so long. Bro. All right, players that have been traded away since LeBron has signed with the Lakers. You have Rajon Rondo, Wang Zaylene, Brad Newley, Mark Gasol, Isaiah Jackson, Kyle Kuzma, Kentavious Pope, Montreal Harrell, Michael Beasley, Evika Zubac, Svi Mikhailiuk, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Isaac Bonga, Jamario Jones, Mo Wagner, DeAndre Hunter, Danny Green, Jalen McDaniels, JaVale McGee, the 19, 20, 21, 22, 24, and 26 second round picks, 2024 or 25 first round picks, the 23 first round swap. And yeah, uh, most of the players that you've heard were, let's see, for example, Isaiah Jackson, Kyle Kuzma, um, Josh Hart, Mo Wagner, DeAndre Hunter. And Jalen McDaniels, 
They were all Laker first round picks. Um, Svi Mikhailukuk um, were was a second round pick. For all of that, what has been traded to the Lakers? Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Taken Horton, Tucker, 23-24, and 28 second-round picks. And that's it. Now, if we're being fair, I don't feel like any... Rondo obviously wasn't in his prime. Marcus Saul was nowhere near his prime. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, and all those young players were reaching their primes, but not yet in their primes. And when you look at you got Anthony Davis in his prime, and you got um, a championship, and the New Orleans Pelicans don't have any championships. Uh, Minnesota doesn't have any championships. If you look at the last 20 years, there are a bunch of teams that don't have any championships, and the Lakers were able to get them a championship off of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Granted, a lot of people call it a Mickey Mouse championship, but at the (laughs) end of the day, you you go all-in. Lakers is an all-in type of franchise yeah you go all in if you look at maybe your top five players all time if i made my top five list i would say jordan number one lebron number two uh kareem number three magic at four larry and kobe in and out at five Mm -hmm. five six seven if you keep going if you look at wilt and shaq a lot of the top 10 players all time were Lakers. Mm-hmm. The Lakers go all in for these big names. That's what they do to get their championships. And they got their championship. They tied with Boston for most championships all time. They they were able to get something out of it. Now, if you look at the Lakers now and you say they didn't make the playoffs, we're all fans of, I mean, we're all uh, victims of the present. So, like, in the present, we're like, oh, none of that panned out because now we just have trash Russell Westbrook, this trash team. LeBron is no longer this. The team is no longer that. The team didn't even play healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like it all comes from very unfair places. If you told me in 2015 I was going to trade a whole bunch of players for Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, you'd be like, yeah, that's an MVP and another MVP caliber player. Um, but when you look at how it panned out, it's just like, oh, they got one championship and they didn't make the playoffs this year and LeBron's first year. It's a fold. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a championship at the end of the day is a championship. It's still a championship. It, 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 it created its intended purpose. I get that. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Still, a lot of players got that. Yeah, and and what I what I was picks. focused on more than the players is the picks. Mm-hmm. The picks is out of control. So I feel you, but I I mean if if I'm being honest, when you have LeBron there, picks don't matter. Picks have never mattered for a LeBron team. Cleveland had the number one pick, and it was Andrew Wiggins, and LeBron was like, yeah, 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 y'all get rid of that and give me Kevin Love. Yeah, that's true. So whenever you whenever you have LeBron on your team, the picks aren't going to matter. Relevant. My thing mm-hmm. was. LeBron didn't give Lonzo, or I don't know if it was LeBron or the Lakers' uh, general manager, but they didn't give Lonzo and Brandon Ingram the time that they deserved. I feel like Kyle Kuzma was the best player at that time. But in my head, I was always like, man, Lonzo would play so much better next to LeBron than Kuzma. And I, I was always a 
bigger advocate of Ingram, Ingram too, Ingram and Lonzo than Kyle Kuzma. And I feel like you could have waited a year and got AD, dog. Yep. Yep, you sure could have. There's a lot. There's a lot of nuance that you gotta you gotta kind of pay attention to. But I mean, we'll see how those picks pan out. About four or five years, we'll see if LeBron comes back at the end of the season. See what goes on with the rest of these teams and where we go from here. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be a great off season for the Lakers. It is, even if they just re-sign everybody. They will. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how everything manages out for sure. Okay, boogie, boogie, out here balling on the Warriors. Nuggets Hell down yeah. too. All right, so and no defense, thirty-four, thirty-two <laughs> in the first quarter. Now, nah, nah defense nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Nah defense nowhere. Curry right here saucing them. You know what I'm saying? Bruh. This is great playoff basketball, ladies and gentlemen. All right, time for underrated bars of fame. Today, I got a goodie for you guys. I'm pretty sure most of y'all haven't heard this song, but you need to. It's by Dom Kennedy. The name of the song is called Platinum Chanel. Real smooth song. I'm not sure if it's a sample or not, but it sounds like it is. Smooth song. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Platinum Chanel by Dom Kennedy. I'm on point. That's not the 300. It's the Rolls Royce. Stainless steel watch by choice with the gold voice. One look at me and she moist. We in fuego. Hard rock sweet down in Dago. Get her prego. Wake up real early to egos and fresh squeeze. You You can wear Adidas and Gucci at mesh clean. And I'll take any color in the coupe except green. The girls that I use to f- is with is ex-fiends. Thinking I should spend my money on you, that's extreme. Now, if time costs money, and money costs time, take care of wifey, keep them honeys on the side. Real playboys keep a bunny on the side because you going to need somebody to bail you out. Platinum Chanel, I can lots to tell you out. Stay in the house, I can tell you wild. These is thirsty. You know they can smell you out. I'm a mat. Don't let these is dell you out. Stay focused. If you could get a little closer, I'll take you with me when it's time to go on Oprah. Gumbo just ain't the same without okra, and you don't look good without me. It's the same thing. Remember, Kobe cheated on his, the same ring. We get rich off 16s and can't sing. I got fans know who I am in Beijing. I bought my first car of the lot at 18. I knew it was going to jail when we was 12. It used to come back to school like it was hell. I got my style back in them days, if you can tell. Things didn't always look bright, but we prevailed. We used to roll oregano joints that we would sell. If you got a couple of sales, it's clientele. Ain't no way in this try and fail. The games has its ups and downs, you buy and sell. I might go back to school, I might yell. Get a couple million next year, I might as well. Platinum Chanel, this, that, Platinum Chanel, this, that, Platinum Chanel, this, that, Platinum Chanel. I keep going. Diamonds on diamonds, and sh- it keeps snowing. Everybody say they want peace to the peace showing. Pull it out the 501s with the crease showing. Take a couple shots and I'm done. B. Bowens. I'm the biggest star in the field like T. Owens. Damn, I only met her last week and she on it. I ain't got much time to give, but she want it. If Mercedes makes a new Benz, then we want it. Take your moment and make it our moment. We don't ask for nothing from our opponent. We don't give a f- my gold chain stolen, your gold chain plated, your whole style dated. 
Lamert Park legend, SoCal greatest. House party going for cow banging shit gets dangerous. First get money, then get famous. Now being famous, the whole tainted. You got no money, Tim G's a month. Yeah, I know. God love me. I laugh on the way to the bank. That's funny. Don't wear LeBron's to the club. That's ugly. Three-piece rims on a Porsche look lovely. Chain hang down to my tubby. I look chubby. Tell her like Kendrick Lamar, just don't worry. I'm in the best shape of my youth. I'm getting loot. I'm backstage eating on fruit. You drinking soup. Yes, single didn't even recoup. You out the loop. It's me, Cube, Quick, and Snoop. It's not a fluke. Sitting out front of the stoop, I got juice. Before I leave the house tonight, I got you, ma. Uh, yeah, Platinum Chanel. This, that, Platinum Chanel. This, that, Platinum Chanel. Chanel. This, that, Platinum Chanel. Underrated bars of fame. Platinum Chanel. Dom Kennedy. If you haven't heard it yet, you need to hear it. The flow is more impeccable than how I said it. Bars. <laughs> the best Can't line have in no this. business snapping like that. <laughs> Listen, the best line. Man said, I don't wear LeBron to the club. This, this shit's is ugly. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> He's snapping. The best line was when he hit me with the, um, he said, uh, gumbo just ain't the same without okra. And you don't look good without me. It's the same thing. Remember Kobe cheated on his the same ring. And we get rich on 16s yeah. and can't sing. I was like, oh. Ooh. That man said, I'm the biggest star on the field. Like, like T. T. Owens. <laughs> hey. That man said, I got fans that know my name in Beijing. Yeah, bro. That, that song was hard. Yeah, bro. That boy snapping, bro. That boy snapping. It sounds even better on the beat, I promise you. It's a smooth, nice little slowdown beat. Great bass. It's this very underrated bars of fame, man. We changing it up for y'all ass now, man. Real bars. <laughs> Gotta hear it, man. All right. Well, yeah, that shit was hard. Yeah, man. We do what we can for the streets. Listen, man. Um, Buddha ain't here, so I guess I'll just do Buddha part. Uh, hey, Buddha. Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, um, <laughs> hey, where can they reach us on email? Uh, balls sports podcast at gmail.com. What about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. What about Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. What about Facebook, Balls Podcast, Balls Sports Podcast. What about MySpace, Balls Sports Podcast. What about Black Planet, Balls Sports Podcast. We're going to still keep doing this? Nah, man, I'm just playing. Hey, um, <laughs> Dylan, what we doing? It's time to get off the air? All right, let that up. Well, with that being said, how many episodes we've done so far? What is this, 228, 229? A whole lot. Yeah, there's a whole lot of them bad boys, for real, for real. Um, I'm pretty, pretty sure we are on 228, 228 or 229. We're going to say 228 to be safe. But the 228 time, we are done. Wow. Y'all been here with us this whole time, man. We appreciate y'all for listening to us. I could have been listening to any other sports podcast in the world. But, man, you here with us. We appreciate that, man. Keep giving us these clicks and these listens. We're going to keep giving you this content to ride to and vibe to and potentially get high to. Like Wheezy, we out of here. Yeah. Bye, See you guys later. All right, shop boys. Fuck with you. Yeah.